What's up, everybody? Hey. Welcome well, back to Music Maniacs with Side After Dark. We're Side After Dark, your you know new it. favorite band. And we are oh. talking about a legend today. Oh, yeah. We're talking about someone who's an innovator. Uh-huh. A guitarinator. A guitarinator. Mm-hmm. We're talking about somebody who has been an influence on pretty much every guitarist that's ever come after yeah. this particular person. Definitely. We're talking about someone that has eight Grammy Awards. Eight. Someone that has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Twice. As a member of the Yardbirds. And. And by himself. Uh-huh. All right, so he doesn't need those other people. <laughs> he could do them all by himself, okay? Take that, Jimmy. <laughs> Take that, Eric. <laughs> So if you guys didn't know by now, uh-huh. we are talking about the late, great Jeff Beck. We are. Shout out to Jeff. We Shout had a completely out. different episode planned. We did. Um, but un- unfortunately, when we heard of his passing, we decided we had we had to do this on him. We, uh-huh. had, to, we had to do our what we could do best to, to honor him and, and his legacy. Um, it would feel weird to not have done a Jeff Beck podcast right now. Yeah. You yeah. Know? We could have stayed silent, but that would have been wrong. That would have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no so comment. If you guys are new to the channel, basically, you know, we're a band. We make music. We love music. We love talking about music. Mm-hmm. And this whole podcast kind of thing, it's a conversation. You know, it's a conversation between friends yeah. about music. Definitely. And if you're watching this, you're also our friend. So we want you to be involved in the convo. We want you to leave comments, say what you think, say if you agree with what we we're saying, if yeah. you disagree, what your perspective is. We want to hear it, you know. So definitely any feedback is appreciated. Absolutely. And yeah. um Without any further ado, let's talk about Jeff Beck. All right, so we'll we'll talk more obviously about how innovative he is as a guitar, mm-hmm. you know, his guitar style, you yeah. know, as we go through. Yeah. But um we should definitely just start at the beginning. Yeah, let's get to the body, the neck. And the head of Jeff Beck. Not the strings yet. Not the fret either. We'll let's, save that for later. Let's get Don't it. you fret. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Jeffrey Arnold Beck uh-huh. was born Was born in a former uh, Roman town called Londinium. Mm-hmm. Um, may, may be better known to you guys as London. Yes. Yes. And is a town called Wallington. Wallington. Wallington in South London, which oh. if you don't know about London in the South, they're doing pretty well. <laughs> Is that? I saw pictures. Oh. I, I imagined myself there. That's how nice the lawns and stuff. And I haven't really done that since like third grade. Looking in a book and like, ooh, I'd like to live there. Yeah. yeah it's looking pretty nice. But also in the mid 40s, lots of um, desolate buildings and destroyed <laughs> things in London. So mm-hmm. prob- it probably wasn't as nice then. When yeah. he was born. Yeah, <laughs> thanks to some now. people, it wasn't looking too good. Those yeah. people, like, you know who There's you are. There's certain people. <laughs> you know who you, you are. You know who you are or who they were? I, I hope it's not say who were, you are. But I'm like, that's yeah. not you. We don't blame you. Don't worry about it. We blame them, okay? We'll take it all up in heaven or hell. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we know which one. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Jeff Beck was born in London, and from... A really early age, he was really into the electric guitar, specifically the electric guitar. Yes, because he heard Les Paul yes. play How High the Moon. Yes. And this is crazy because um, I'm glad he got to hear it on the radio because mm-hmm. if he actually probably saw it, he probably would have quit before he started. <laughs> He's like, I can't do you, that. <laughs> exactly. Les Paul's like a robot alien guitar player. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Tell me he's a human in the comments and I'll disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he was uh, like eight years old, something mm-hmm. like that. He mm-hmm. was in the car with his mom, I believe. Yeah. And then he heard Les Paul come on the radio, mm-hmm. and he was just kind of like, 
said said to his mom like what is this like what is this instrument i don't know i've never heard something like this. like oh that's an electric guitar and apparently she was kind of like dismissive of it yeah she's kind of like oh it's just a bunch of you know tricks and, and gadgets and blah, blah 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 yeah and jeff was kind of like well i like it yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I definitely think that's something you have to be like inclined or musically inclined and want already blessed with the ear and the mm-hmm. spirit for the music yeah because that's that's a sound easily somebody who doesn't really care about the guitar can be like dismissive about Mm -hmm. but if you're like really into it you're like you're hearing the different things that the guitarist is doing and you know that it's not necessarily simple or just gimmicky I really like that you said that because that can also be something that could be said about Jeff's playing. Mm-hmm. As again, we'll talk about that more as we go on. Yeah. So stick stick around. Uh-huh. But um, you know, it's it's funny that um, him hearing Les Paul would inspire him to be a guitar player because it's not like Les Paul had any influence on guitar at all. It's not uh, like he was important. In I don't even. I, I it's the first time I heard his name when <laughs> when I started researching. Yeah, it. it's definitely not on the wall behind me. <laughs> not at all. Uh, <laughs> not at all. You won't ever see me playing one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, for those of you new to the channel, we like we're big fans of sarcasm here, and um, Les Paul kind of a big deal uh-huh. when it comes to electric guitar. If you don't know much about guitar, you might think, "Hmm, Les Paul. I feel like I've heard of that. Isn't that like some kind of model of guitar made by Gibson?" Yep. And, and he lived to like a hundred, which is you know <laughs> okay. Human, I think not. No. Just and I'll just say that the the fact that the Gibson Les Paul is named after him is not as coincidence. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so at the age of eight. Jeff Beck is like, I love this. Mm-hmm. I love this electric guitar. Mm-hmm. I got to get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they couldn't really afford to buy him a new one at the time. No. So he d- he did like everything that he could. He borrowed guitars. He tried to make a guitar out of like he cigar boxes and shit. He tried to make one where he painted the fretboards on. <laughs> <laughs> Must have sounded real good. <laughs> Fretless guitar? Yeah, and he used another the fence, innovation. Another innovation. He used the fence post as the neck of the guitar. Really? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Hey, when you love something, nothing's going to stop it. Nothing's going to stop you. Of course he said it sounded horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like it was so great. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. Um... But yeah, he just he once he once he kind of sunk his teeth in, he yeah. really never let go no. to guitar like the rest of his life. Yes. And um, you know, he obviously was in London where there was a lot of things going on musically in London in, in the 60s now. We're talking about like the early 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And he was going around, you know, he was getting involved with sessions, he was playing with other people. Mm-hmm. And his sister mm-hmm. introduced him to another guitarist in yes. the area. Yes. By the name of Jimmy Page. Yes, his sister and that his sister. Um I'm going to say you were dating Jimmy. And if you were not, I'm going to say you missed the boat on that one, girl. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> That's so funny because in my head when I read that um, she introduced him to Jimmy, I was like, I wonder how they knew each other. <laughs> well, Jimmy's up there playing guitar looking all cute. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy cast a spell on, on Jeff's uh, sister. But anyway, Jimmy will obviously be coming up more in the story as well. Yeah. But for now, we're, we're still talking about just Jeff and his kind of pr- career progression. So he appeared on a few recordings with some other bands at the time. Yes. Before he really found his, like, home. Yeah, the, the Savages. It was some interesting names. Uh, some Fritz things of the Starts. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of things like that. And so yeah. he was kind of bouncing around doing different studio sessions, appearing on different people's records yeah. until he was... He joined a band called the Yardbirds. Yes. 
but we got to go back a little bit here also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Jeff's style was already growing at this point because he had loved, like, not only Les Paul, but, like, uh, Gene Vincent. Mm -hmm. um, I can see how Gene Vincent was a super influence on Jeff's image, too. You know, um, Jeff didn't really sing. I heard he had really good vocals, but he didn't really sing. But Gene mm -hmm. Vincent, B.B. King, like, a lot of those uh, bluesy type of, you know, rockabilly styles, right. uh, he was into that. So he was really growing, and his name was getting to be known mm -hmm. you know so there he goes flapping along and then he swoops down into a nest called the yards yard the yardbirds. <laughs> right i was like wait where are you going with that <laughs> got it okay so but we'll talk about the yardbirds for a second because it's really funny the yardbirds are a legendary band mm -hmm. and obviously we weren't around at the time they were putting out music no but to me the Yardbirds are most famous, not even for their music itself, yeah. but who was in the band. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So three of the most legendary guitarists that have ever lived have been were in that band. Absolutely. Number one, obviously, we're, we're talking about Jeff Beck here. Yes. So that's that's obvious. Yeah. Then we're talking about Jimmy Page. Yes. And then there was uh, this other guy. This other guitarist. His I name, can't remember him. Um, I, his name is Eric Clapton, but I think he's known as... sure? Yeah, I think he's known as the Clap. Oh, I think that's his name. Right. The Yardbirds <laughs> had the clap and they had to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the thing about Eric Clapton, guys. For y'all that don't know, we joke about this all the time. Uh -huh. We don't not like Eric Clapton. Yeah. We actually love some of his songs. I can say that. We but... love some of his songs, but we don't really like talking about him on the podcast or really anything that we do <laughs> because it, we both agree on this separately. We didn't like come up to this conclusion together. Right. We think he's crazily overrated. Yeah. He's not a bad guitarist. At he's all. a lot better than a lot of guitarists. At all. But when you're talking about people like Jeff Beck, yeah. Jimmy Page, Rory yeah. Gallagher, Jimi Hendrix. Exactly. I don't think Clapton is in that category. I don't think he's in that category. I used to actually make jokes that um, Richie Blackmore's solo on Smoke on the Water was <laughs> Eric Clapton's whole career in a nutshell. <laughs> So. Yeah, so that's what we feel about Eric Clapton. Um, tell us how you feel. Tell us if we're dumb. <laughs> I want to hear about it. I know it. a lot of you will. I know we're going to upset a lot of you. So we're sorry. But he's not... Well, let me just put it like this. He's not our top three. Yes, that's okay? definitely true. And that's it. He may be in the top 20, though. Maybe. Like, you know, but not top three. Anyway, mm -hmm. back to the Yardbirds. Mm -hmm. What happened was Eric was the original guitarist. Yes. And he was kind of a blues purist. Yes, that's what they're saying. Some band members say he was uh, very uptight, okay, and too stiff. Yes. So he wanted the sound to be a very specific way. Yeah. And the Yardbirds didn't necessarily want that. They wanted to expand a little bit. Yeah. So Eric was like, okay, well, you guys have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Even when the Yardbirds were making music and they were hitting on the charts and stuff, Eric was still like, oh, my God, like, thank God I left. That is mm. way too gimmicky for yeah. me. Like, let's go to the blues. So, yeah. <laughs> so Eric suggested somebody that he knew mm -hmm. by the name of Jimmy Page. Yeah. And Jimmy had a very cushy job as a session player at the time. I'm busy right now, so I can't really do it. He was getting paid to play in other people's records. He didn't have to be on the road all the time. Mm -hmm. He was making money. It was a pretty good gig for him. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I'm kind of busy with this session work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I do know a chap. That I, I was friends with. But the name I can do a good Jimmy. You, you want to do it? You, okay. I, his name is Jeff Beck. You might like him. He, he plays pretty groovy, and I think he's quite vibey. Oh, okay. We'll try him out. <laughs> so the Arbors bring Jeff Beck in. Uh -huh. And from the beginning, he was clearly always trying to innovate yeah like he was one of the first uses of like a of a fuzz pedal mm -hmm. was one of the first songs that he did with the yardboard with yardbirds yeah sorry yardboards <laughs> uh, <laughs> new group coming out 2023 that's right be on the lookout 
Um, yeah, like he was always trying to yeah, push, you know, fuzz, mm-hmm. um, weird like feedback, like delay. Like yeah. he was really trying to push, you know, what the guitar was at the time. Yeah. And especially, you know, we're talking about the '60s, like uh, in, in London, everybody was all about trying to push the envelope and trying to do different things. Yeah, it was. De- London was definitely the creative central for rock and roll at this time. Yes, yes, and he's in there. But we started it here in America. That's right. Don't forget. <laughs> And they'll all tell you that too. <laughs> Shout out to BB King. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, you know they're he's trying all these different things and really pushing the sound with the Yardbirds, and and they're having a lot of success. I mm-hmm. think the, I believe the Yardbirds' most successful period was when Jeff was in the band. Yes, everybody seems to agree that that was their heyday. And listening to the music, I would agree too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I can still listen to that music, even though it's kind of quote-unquote passe, I can still jam out or Mm -hmm. vibe to their music. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's really interesting is they gave him a lot of room to do this experimentation, Yeah. but for him, it still wasn't enough. Like, he's (laughs) he really was like, I'm trying to push the boundaries as much as I can in any way, and I'm not trying to necessarily be confined to a band. Yeah. So even though he was still able to push the envelope while he was in the Yardbirds he's still his time in the Yardbirds was still relatively short I think it was like 20 months so a year and a half less than two years and somebody had quite a temper when he couldn't get his way Jeff (laughs) some people used to jam their guitars into Marshall amps and there were only like 20 Marshall amps in In America at that yeah in that (laughs) at that time and there goes Jeff with his South London attitude jamming things and just getting them replaced that's right and Yardbirds said no we've had enough of this so, well, so it's interesting because for a so then after this, um, Jeff suggested Jimmy back in the band, mm-hmm. but for a brief time they were both in the band. Yes, which is insane yeah. to hear. To, I mean, it doesn't sound that crazy at the time because you know Jimmy hadn't you know done what he did. Yeah, and Jeff hadn't done everything that he was going to do. But if you're hearing about this now, you're like, wait, wait so you had a band? <laughs> it was a dual lead guitar lineup. With Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page? That sounds like it's made up. It does. It really does. And then, um, like, kind of while or as he's kind of leaving the Yardbirds, he forms another kind of, he makes another uh, uh, single, Mm -hmm. and he forms, like, a kind of super group where he had Jimmy playing guitar, and then he had Keith Moon on the drums, and he had John Paul Jones on bass, and he had Nicky Hopkins Hopkins. on the piano. Uh, Excuse me? I know. That that was a single... um, Bex Bolero, yeah. which became one of his favorites that he still played in concert like his entire life. Mm-hmm. Like people love that song. Mm-hmm. But before even that, mm-hmm. everybody knew that he was kind of the man. Yeah. And there was a few bands that wanted him to join yes. after he left the Yardbirds. Some no-name bands, but so small we... small bands that wouldn't really go on to do much, you know. I don't think they stood the test of time, but we'll mention No, that. definitely not. So yeah. like this band called like the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I don't know if they really ended they up doing anything. They rolled right off the charts. I haven't heard from them. <laughs> <laughs> they rolled right away from all the music fans. Um this other band like um they were having some troubles with their leader. He mm-hmm. was going a little off the deep end. This band called Pink Floyd? Yeah. I, I don't even I don't even know who they are. Apparently um they wanted him to join but nobody had the balls to ask him. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Which is good. Yeah, because at that time and at the times after um People, mainly Jeff Beck, would agree he was the best guitarist at the time. <laughs> he said that many times. <laughs> well, that, that's hilarious. But also, I think it worked out in the end because I think him not being in those bands allowed him to do what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then also, if he, let's say he, Jeff Beck did join Pink Floyd, it would be a lot different. 
And we wouldn't get the Floyd music that we love yeah. so much now. So I think it all worked out, you know, good for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to add a little bit to this because it'll kind of add. Um, at the time, Jeff had another hobby, which was working on cars. Yes. And I feel that the sound working on cars and the engines and all that stuff kind of did affect his guitar playing style and his innovation. Right. So, yeah, let's head back to the topic. Yeah. Um, and then still speaking about guitar innovation. So it's really interesting how it went, like kind of his progression like we were saying earlier, he was always trying to, you know, mess around with like sound effects mm -hmm. and he's detuning strings and he's doing these echoos and reverb effects and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then as he goes on, he kind of abandoned the effects kind of sound a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, people debate what the reason was for that. But um, one of the reasons that I heard is that he had seen this guy, American guy, mm -hmm. who had came over to London mm -hmm. by the name of Jimi Hendrix. Mm hmm. And he was doing shit that nobody else had ever thought of doing yeah. or had ever been able to pull off. Yeah. And this was a quote that I heard is that Jeff Beck saw Jimmy and was like, well, I used to be a guitarist. <laughs> I thought I was a guitarist. That's hilarious. So That's why I had the, the red coats had to band together and take him out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so basically after Jeff saw that and what was happening, he was like, okay, well I need to do something else because this is being done better than I can do it. Yeah. He's like, I still am trying to innovate, but I think this, this bus or this lane that I've been in, I've, I've done enough. I'm, it's time to switch lanes a little bit. Yeah. That's a humility of greatness that I kind of love. He could have mm. easily been like, I'm coming for you, Hendrix. Yeah. I don't think that would have worked out. No, well. I don't think so. Not that, you know, I'm not going to say who is better or worse, but it's like clearly they're doing different things. It's like, why would you compete with somebody when you could be doing your own thing? Yeah. And um, I don't know how Jeff works as a lick my guitar and hump the floor kind of guy, you know, for the wild uh, psychedelia that Jimmy uh, Hendrix brought to the game. I don't, I don't think once Jimmy starts humping that guitar, Jeff, it's time to pack it up. Jeff loves his guitars too much to set them on fire, so <laughs> he decided not to compete with Jimmy. But um, so after this, yeah, so again, he's working on, um, you know, he's doing session works, like we were saying, um, like Bex Bolero. Mm -hmm. And side note on that, so what ended up happening with the Yardbirds? <laughs> <laughs> after after Jeff left, mm -hmm. Jimmy was a sole guitarist, and the band kind of fell apart. Yeah, it's this all in the name. Note. I don't think that name could have lasted too long. I don't for think, some yeah, the name is just not good enough, you know? Yeah. So he brought on some people that used to play with Jeff, mm -hmm. um, mo most notably John Paul Jones on bass. Yeah. And this guy, John Bonham, mm -hmm. and a singer named Robert Plant yeah. um, to fill out the rest of the Yardbirds. And they were the new Yardbirds until they eventually decided this name's kind of lame. Mm -hmm. So we're going to change our name to Led Zeppelin. Yes, yes, yes. So things worked out pretty well for, for them. Mm -hmm. Check I out think. our link to our Led Zeppelin podcast. Oh, yeah, well. check it out. We did That was the first episode we did. Shout yeah. out to Led Zeppelin. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so, so the Yardbirds are doing their thing. They become Zeppelin. Beck is doing his thing, mm -hmm. and he forms, like, the Jeff Beck group. Yes. And he really was playing with a lot of different bands at the time. Yeah, lots of different people, and the Jeff Beck group came together, and that was some no-name artists as well, right? <laughs> We've never heard of these guys, but let's talk about them. We well, got Rod Stewart. We Yes, we had Rod Stewart. <laughs> we both <laughs> never heard of him. Never heard of that guy. Um, Ro Ronnie Wood. Wood. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yep. Um, that, guy, that guy might have rolled off the charts, too. Maybe. Maybe. But, well, it's funny because he, at this point in, um, after the Yardbirds up until like the mid seventies, it's kind of like a transitory period for mm -hmm. him. It's mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's going back at it. It's like, he's kind of trying to find himself. Yeah. I feel like. 
because he was working with a lot of people. He lot also of- was working with uh, Tim Boger and Carmine Apiece, the, yeah. the rhythm section from another band called Vanilla Fudge. They the legendary. Yes, so he was working. He put out an album with them. Mm-hmm. He put out an album with some other people. He had the Jeff Beck group. So he was like, you know, kind of going all over the place, just kind of like seeing what the vibe was, really, just seeing like what fit. Yeah. Um, and he also had some problems during this time with health. Because mm-hmm. he got in a car accident. Yes, he did. And he was out for a while trying to get himself back together. Yeah, he was basically out of the picture for like two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, kind of a period where he's not really... He's trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And We're going to call him the Nomad Guitarist right now. The Nomad Guitarist. <laughs> so he put out um, his first album, I believe, with the Jeff Beck group. Or maybe it was solo. I can't remember it right now. But it was called Truth. Yeah. Um, which did really well. He yeah. put out another album called Beckola. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he had the car crash. So he, he was out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, he eventually came back with an album that was produced... By George Martin, mm-hmm. the producer of the Beatles. Yes. It's called. <laughs> called Blow. <laughs> by Blow. And this is when it's really, I feel like you can really see that he's starting to figure out what it is that he does so much better and so much differently than everybody else. Yeah. Because yeah. first of all, I hadn't heard this entire album until recently, mm-hmm. but this shit is funky. Yeah. This shit is really funky. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to just like hear the different ways that he's, you know, playing guitar. And at this point, he's kind of like is hewing, is that the right word? Yeah. Uh, using a pick. Yeah. He's not using a pick anymore. Right, right. He, he felt like that got in the way with his like innovation and yeah. innovation and his style because he was really good at the whammy bar mm-hmm. and he's just really great at making the guitar sing and sound like vocals yes and that's another interesting thing because he didn't do a lot of singing himself Mm -hmm. and he didn't really have to Mm -hmm. because the guitar did the singing for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he said um you know and you're using a pick you know basically your hand is like this so you're just using the pick but he was like all my other fingers are they're just not doing anything like (laughs) if i yeah he's like i should be using my fingers like i can get i think pinky works real great yeah (laughs) so he starts getting into really it's, it's so hard to explain this to, like, people that aren't, like, guitar players necessarily. Mm-hmm. But what he was doing was super subtle. Yeah. Like, he, his style was not, like, the flashy, like, oh, look at me. Like, I can do all this crazy shit. Like, like Eddie Van Halen, for example, obviously great guitar player. Mm-hmm. But he's also very flashy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't necessarily have to know how to play guitar to see what he was doing and be like, this is crazy. Yeah. But with... Beck, it was a little more subtle. Yeah. Like, again, he's making the guitar sing. So he's doing things like, you know, he's rolling the volume knob up and down. So it kind of sounds like kind of violin-y. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like volume swells. He's using the whammy bar in like a really tasteful way. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially at the time when like the whammy bar is relatively new, they'd be using it for these crazy sound effects. They'd be doing like, like crazy dive bombs and shit. But what he did is instead of just like doing crazy dives, he literally would use it to hit lower notes specifically. So yeah. he would like incorporate the whammy bar into the melody. Yeah. Like I wish I had a guitar with a whammy bar so I could kind of like demonstrate. I kind of need to get one actually. Uh-oh. But um, so yeah, he was doing things and just like you really playing guitar in subtle ways that you're not always going to necessarily pick up on if you don't know guitar yourself. Right. And I think that's why he was more of like a guitarist guitarist. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wasn't necessarily the most popular Mm -hmm. um, with the general public. Yeah. He never got too big on us. Guitarist, guitarist. Yeah, he never got too big. 
He never got too big on us because he wasn't really focused on that. No. Like, he was focused on, on making his guitar playing as best as it possibly can be and as expressive as it p- could possibly be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then going a little back to his influence, one of them was Roy Buchanan, too, who we yes. just saw, saw play live. and um, On on the internet, not in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace to Roy clarify. Buchanan as well. A long time ago, he passed away. But yeah, we saw him on our reaction channel. We actually re- reacted to Roy Buchanan. We actually get to see him play. And um, I can see how um Roy influenced Jeff and I can also see with Jeff's like sustained notes and those kind of like vocal pitches that he's putting on the guitar I could see how he influenced David Gilmore like you Absolutely. know what I mean it's like crazy Absolutely But yeah um yeah super innovative going up up and down up and down the fretboard like you were saying mm-hmm. let's get back to that <laughs> and and he's also that's the thing it's also he's not really like shredding he's it's very melodic mm-hmm. like we're saying it's like he's making the guitar sing so it's not about hitting a lot of notes super fast it's about hitting the right notes at the right time with the right sound yeah and that was what he was perfect at doing yeah right so the well, that best sounds example, like a guitar course that sounds like how you start a guitar um a workshop or, or course that how to hit class. the right notes at the right time with the right sound uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> brought to you by jeff beck so another like a perfect example of this and this is one of his most famous songs um it, it was on the blow by bow album mm-hmm. it was actually a song that was written by stevie wonder yes because uh, we've ended as lovers um, that was originally sung by, it wasn't Stevie that sang it, it was his wife. Sarita. Sarita. Yeah, we reacted to that too. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jeff did a version of it where he is using his guitar as the vocal and as the main melody. Mm-hmm. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those songs, like I, I heard it again recently, and I said to myself, if I were Jeff and I were auditioning f- um, people to come into my band, I would almost like never want them to play that. Because I can imagine, <laughs> after hearing Jeff the way he plays it, I've only heard like one other guitarist while researching it that played it like well, just like him. But I can imagine people trying to play it like Jeff and Jeff He's getting like, like yeah, because that's one of those songs that's so b- beautifully done mm-hmm. that people should not really, a whole bunch of people shouldn't rush to uh, redo it. Like, you know, or, or use it as their audition song. It would be very hard to pull off. Yeah. We'll put it like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because nobody could really play it like him. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. he really, that the Stratocaster specifically, he started off playing different kinds of guitars, yeah. the Telecaster, you know, uh, Les Paul, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he really found it, the Stratocaster is when he, he really felt like the, the guitar is becoming a part of him. Mm-hmm. Because for all that you that don't know like the different types of guitars the stratocaster has whammy bar on it yeah as, as opposed to like a les paul or a telecaster there is no whammy bar there's no thing that you can press to make the notes sound different like that <laughs> so when he discovered the telecaster he was like oh this is like a level this this allows me to go to a new level of melodicism mm-hmm. really that i couldn't do on a different instrument yeah so he really like he said the stratocaster became like an extension of himself yeah. and you can really feel that like there's certain guitar players, people say like, oh, it's like the guitar was like a part of his body. With Jeff, it really was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he really put his whole soul and his whole being into his guitar playing. Absolutely. So Blow by Blow became his best-selling uh, solo album. Yeah. Yep. So this is like probably like the peak of his commercial success, I would say, like in the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s. In the 80s, he was doing soundtracking, which is crazy for some big movies as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So yeah, definitely that was a, the peak of then. And then he's moving down the line. I don't think there was a decade where Jeff was not working extensively. No, he definitely, 
It's well, it's it's interesting because he wasn't necessarily the most prolific as mm-hmm. far as like putting on music like every year mm-hmm. or you know all the time. But he was always working on certain things. His, his process was a little slower than some others, mm-hmm. which I think is another reason why he might not be as like commercially known as some other like guitar players mm-hmm. because he really took his time to develop all these things mm-hmm. and he wasn't just throwing things out there all the time yeah you know Jeff, what I mean? the sade of guitarists yeah yeah something <laughs> like that um so he you know he was putting out these albums in the 70s that went really well and then he put out this album flash mm-hmm. in the early 80s where it was basically a pop record yeah where you know he had people coming in and singing and and it was like a different style he said he felt a little lost during this period mm-hmm. and he did win his first grammy yeah during for that album yeah for best instrumental performance but he said looking back at it he it wasn't really a good musical time for him which yeah. i think is interesting it is pretty interesting we couldn't see that jeff so stop lying no <laughs> stop trying to sell records out of sympathy votes yeah, so I don't know if it was like him, just like, I don't know what I'm trying to do, or if the record label's like, oh, let's make a pop record, get you more sales or whatever. Yeah. But it's just really interesting. I, I think another reason why he might not be as known to the general public is because he doesn't sing. Yeah. Right? And I don't know, it just put, makes me think of Santana. I thought so too. I was going to say he pulled a Santana. He pulled a Santana. It's like, for you to be able to be an instrumentalist at you don't sing and you're the main person that just proves how good you have to be yeah you know what i mean because when people are having like features a lot of times they'll bring in like other singers and other people to be like on their albums or whatever Mm -hmm. but if you're just an instrumentalist people are like i have to have him that's an unmistakable sound Mm -hmm. you're doing something crazy good yeah yeah you know absolutely absolutely but yeah um that flash album had uh people get ready with rod stewart as well and i i remember that song constantly getting like airplay Mm. when i was really really tiny so that was a big one um and then uh, I believe it was Jeff who inducted Rod into the Hall of Fame mm. and was like, we have a love-hate relationship. He loves me and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually cool to see when you look at rock and roll history, how many of these artists work with each other, worked with each other, mm-hmm. are still comrades to this yeah. day, you know. That's pretty amazing, I think, as well. You know, we could learn a lot about that through america with american bands you know it seems like the brits seem to not really stay mad at each other for too long there's just not enough people over there (laughs) it's a lot smaller country you know we gotta stay mad for decades over here Uh, i'm gonna make enemies with everybody on this side of the country i'll just move to the west coast it's like no big deal nobody knows we're over there yeah um so jeff constantly innovating he's always getting better Mm -hmm. and everybody was saying you know like looking up he's like he wasn't a like a um, a legend that just kind of like rode off his previous success. He was always working to get better his entire life. And yeah. People were like, he got better every single year that he was alive that he yeah. was playing. He yeah. always got better because this he that was it. Like since he was eight years old, like the guitar is all that he wanted to do and working on cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, in the, the early 2000s, he kind of quote unquote made a comeback. He mm. goes on stage with like um, Kelly Clarkson for something for American Idol. And that just um, gave him a resurge of a new generation of fans. Right. Because um, his original fans were definitely still well and vibrant, able to buy music and mm-hmm. still considered him the best. But it's just a 2000s generation that didn't necessarily know him that well because he wasn't you know popping on mtv or whatever 
you know, syndicate that was on at the time. But he made a resurge, and then you have a whole new generation of Jeff Beck fans, and they were like, whoa, this guy's like the best guitarist I've ever heard. Because he does get newer, and he does get fresher, and he comes with new tricks that people have not done yet. That's true. So everybody's got to, like, stop and pay attention to this guy. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely true. But I want to go back to um, what was going on after he put out that Flash album. Okay. So, yeah, like he was saying, he wasn't super happy with it. Mm-hmm. For a lot of the 80s, he was working on soundtracks, like we were saying before. Yeah. He didn't really put out too much of his solo stuff until later in the decade. He put out Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop. Uh-huh. Because this guy, let me tell you something. This guy lo- loved two things. <laughs> Cars and guitars. <laughs> so what better way than to make an album? It was big. This album was a lot more like industrial, yeah. which I think is interesting. Because yeah. again, he's always expanding the sound. Like uh, blow by blow, it was more like um, you know funk, mm-hmm. like R and B style. But everything he's everything he's putting out, he's trying to get involved with different kinds of fusions, yeah. different kinds of genres, and seeing how he can you know fit himself in there. Yeah, it all comes together. Cars and guitars rhyme, and then he's a musician. I mean, it's just there you go, there you go. I also got a shout out. So um, the Guitar Shop album. The drummer on that album uh-huh. was a guy, a cute little drummer, uh-huh. by the name of Terry Bozio. Yeah. Who just, yeah, every time I hear his name, it just makes me happy. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. Shout out to Terry Bozio. Yeah, we reacted to one or two songs from Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop. Definitely one. Definitely one, maybe two. I don't remember. Yeah, I, for some reason, I feel like it's two, but definitely one. So check that out, too. Look for that guy. So the Guitar Shop album was like his last that he put out in the 80s, like big thing that he put out in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And in the 90s, he spent a lot of time collaborating with other people. Yeah. And like the list of people that he collaborated with is crazy. It's extensive. It's, I mean, Jeff Beck collaborated with Toots and the Maytals and ends up winning because he performed and ends up winning with Best Reggae Album. Yeah, so that's another genre. Another genre he's getting into. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's just always doing that. He's working with Roger Waters. Mm Uh, he's working with Kate Bush. Yeah. He was, I believe he was actually um, in the 80s. He was go, supposed to go on tour with like Mick Jagger, mm-hmm. but he broke his thumb working on the cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, sorry, Mick. Can't I'm doing do my it. thing. Can't do it. Wait, um, that was wrong. You want to try again? <laughs> no, it's not going to come out right. Eh, close enough. <laughs> Better than me. So yeah, so I mean, he does that. Um, then in the, the late 90s, he's putting out solo albums. And basically, at this point, every album that he puts out, he's going to win the Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental. Yeah. Like, every time he puts out, he the Grammys keep coming up. Yeah, I think at, at this point, it's around, like, number four. Or yeah, something, something like it's that. It's just crazy. Yeah. And that would, that, I mean, it just reminds me, because as a kid, I used to watch the Grammys a lot every year, and... I wasn't super in. I wasn't in the Jeff Beck, of course, at that time. So I can kind of flashback, see myself wanting somebody to win and be like, Jeff Beck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Like, It is funny how, you know, you discover things as you as you grow, because like I always knew about Jeff Beck. Mm-hmm. I always knew that he was part of like the three, like the triumvirate of the British guitarists, right? Yeah. The Clapton, Page. Beck. Mm-hmm. But like we were saying, he was never super as known to the general like commercial public. Yeah, so- he wasn't in your face. There's no like out like Jimmy Page didn't talk a lot. Yeah. But you remember him because of like his outward appearance, right? He's mm-hmm. got the suit with the dragon, like you know what I'm saying? He's doing certain things. With Jeff, it was just like it's it's like his simple style, and Jeff is pretty much the same image that he was from the beginning. Right. To the end of his career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just interesting because like I'd always heard like certain bits and pieces from him, mm-hmm. but it's really only lately that I've really started listening 
to more and more of him and like listening to like full albums for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing, I'm like, oh, now I totally get why everyone talks about him like this. Because he was just the way that he played was just like there was just so much feel and there's so much emotion. Mm-hmm. But it, again, it's so subtle that if you don't know what he's doing, it's, it's harder to appreciate it. Yeah. It's some, you know, flashy, you know, 20 minute solo mm-hmm. tapping, like all these tips and tricks. Whereas like, there's just something else to be said about displaying something so beautifully and just like right in the pocket. Yeah. Like something, again, to bring back David Gilmore, like we were talking about this pretty recently. He doesn't play anything more than what he has to do. Yeah. And Beck, Jeff Beck is a similar thing. Because it's like, he's going to do what's right for the song. Yeah. And he's going to do what's right for in that moment at that exact time. He's not going to do shit just to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I respect that a lot as a musician. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense of why he's, you know, quote, the guitarist guitarist. Yeah. You know? I'm your favorite guitarist guitarist. That's right. Should have been a rapper, Jeff. That's right. That's a bar right there. <laughs> so yeah, so after you know the 90s when he's doing all these collabs, he's still putting out his own albums. He's still winning Grammys all the time. Mm-hmm. He even put out a live DVD yeah. that went platinum, mm-hmm. which is pretty unheard of for a DVD. Yeah. I mean, that's not even... I didn't even know they counted. I didn't even know DVDs could go platinum, to be honest. Me neither. I just thought it was like sales. I didn't think yeah. it was like a thing. Yeah. But yeah, he's doing great things. He's performing at the Crossroads Festival. Mm-hmm. Collapsed in again. The mm-hmm. collab. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah so now he's moving into the new millennium and and he like his um counterparts or comrades is just constantly evolving mm-hmm. you know we're not just like cemented in time where i just want you to play these songs that i know about by you right you know it's not that feel when it comes to jeff back it's like what's he gonna do next mm-hmm. and that separates him from his pool of mates you know I what's the so. next pick mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i when also see clapton it's like he better play layla that's you... so true <laughs> that is really true yeah and it's like it's funny because you know we were talking about we've done a few reactions videos to him and every time that we do a video where we're reacting to jeff beck the word that comes into my mind every time is tasty hmm. like every time it's like that note was just so good yeah that was just the exact right thing to play you know, and it really, it just flows through him. And when you watch him play, you can tell. Yeah. Because it's not like he's, you know, like studying, he's still moving mm-hmm. and he's still, you know, he's having fun with it. Yeah. But this, the way, like the accuracy that he's playing with while he's doing that is yeah. just insane. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like he talks to and cares about his guitar. Like, what are we going to play today, Susie? How do you feel? You feel like hitting this note? We have a connection. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, he he just continued putting out music. He continued touring, um, you know, up until really the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing with um, Tall Wilkenfeld. Yes. Shout out to Tall. Mm-hmm. He was playing with um, was it Ainsley Dunbar? Yes, he was. Yeah, yes, he was. A he great stole drummer. a couple of Zappa drummers. That's right. <laughs> That's <laughs> He's not right. using them. No, I'm just kidding. The small musical world over here, guys. Uh-huh. Once you get to that level, there's yeah. only so many people around that yeah. you can really do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They formed a gang. <laughs> the, the Jet Beck gang <laughs> comes right after the Jet Beck group. Yep. It's a different thing. But yeah, and then he even was, before he died, he was making music with like Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, like everybody that, everybody that wanted, that 
could work with him wanted to yeah basically yeah you know what i mean yeah and he worked with so many other uh female artists he had a a, a kind of flow or avenue where he mm. was just playing as lead guitarist to some female singers which mm. we reacted to and again heap yeah and guys let us know all the other ones that we should hear or probably should react to his mm-hmm. like uh collaborations with female vocalists because i heard that's a great avenue that he's done and it, honestly, even just you saying that right now, I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense because it's the way that he plays. It is so melodic. It's almost like just have. It's almost like singing harmonies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I've heard recordings where he was, you know, he was featured on like it was on basically like an opera album, and like the song, like his guitar sounds like a fucking opera singer. With I heard that. Notes. It's so beautiful. It's it's really insane, and it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I I've been playing guitar for more than half of my life, and. It, a lot of the time when I hear guitar players, I'm like, oh, I see, I see what they're doing there, blah, 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 blah. I've, there's so many times that I've heard something that Jeff Beck did, and I'm just like, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> like, that, I can't even get my, I can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> like, he's with the, he's using harmonics with the whammy bar, he's using this, he's using that, and it's just, it's, yeah. His my, level of fear is, of feel is unmatched. Yeah. I, I, when I think of one word to describe him, I just think innovation. Like, yeah. I, I see, like, the skies and him just soaring on a freaking guitar like you know what i'm saying treating it like an airplane or something just going to heights that people just don't go to like yeah no i mean it's absolutely true and that's why i mean we just we had to talk about him we had to give him the respect that he deserves Mm because it's like he he isn't he's been an innovator for decades yeah and he never stopped innovating no no not at all and he told you he was the best almost 50 years ago so he told you if Some things listen, never change. Yeah, exactly. Like his hairstyle. No, <laughs> I heard he walked into the audition for the Yardbirds like a total grease monkey. Like he was covered in oil. Like and his oh, hair after was working like, on the cars. Su- yeah, and it's like he came right from the shop. His hair yeah. is still like super long. And they were like, "Could somebody go clean him up?" Like they heard him play, and once they knew they wanted him, they were yeah. like. Can we go clean him up? And one of the bandmates like took him to get like his haircut, and yeah. that made the signature look for Jeff Beck. Good for him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just like you said, like when we're thinking about, it's like innovator mm-hmm. is the best word, and then also he just never, he never. I feel like he never really gave in to the pressures of the industry. Yeah, because he would. <laughs> You know what I just thought of? He's almost like the Larry David of guitar. <laughs> because he's only going to put shit out when he wants to put shit out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's taken sometimes years off between albums just to like work on his cars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, he's like, I'm following my passions. Like, I'm at a point where I can put out things that I want to put out. No yeah. label is going to force me to put anything out. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he said to himself, I'm pretty sure he said it to others because we heard he has a temper. I don't have to put up with this. I'm Jeff fucking Beck. Like, I, who I'm, knows? I'm sure, that was an inner conversation. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, he's just the best. I mean, it's it's sad that he's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he left us such a great you know catalog to be remembered by. Yeah. And I think as long as people play the electric guitar, he will be remembered as one of the best for sure. So we, this is our little, I guess, tribute mm-hmm. to him. It's, yeah. it, this was a good time just talking about him and, uh-huh. and not that, you know, we're going to help his legacy <laughs> we're not at right. all, but you know, we just wanted to do this. I thought we were the only ones that could. It's the yeah, only reason why us. I did this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, let us know if we missed anything. Let yeah. us know if there's things that we said that you agree with, that you 
disagree with. I mean, we want to hear it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like we said at the beginning, this is all. This is a conversation. There's only two of us in the room right now, but if you're watching, you could be part of the conversation. Yeah. So talk to us. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have to tell you guys how to talk because it's we're musicians and it's pretty rock and roll uh, environment over here. So we, you guys always say what you want anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Let it, let it loose, okay? Don't hold back. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Is there anything else we should say? It's just he's just a legend. I mean, yeah. he's, he's the best. Rest in peace to one of the legends. Um, it's definitely, you know, time for a lot of the legends to go on to the next level of life, the mm. afterlife. Yeah, you know. But um, yeah, well, we had a great time talking about Jeff Beck. We know in the future we'll have a great time listening to more and more Jeff Beck because there's countless songs and albums that you can listen to. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, rest in peace to Jeff Beck. Shout out to all the Jeff Beck fans now, and then the ones that are coming up later on. Yeah, all the ones in the future that mm-hmm. maybe not even born yet. Yep. Yep. You know. Um. So yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Um, if you like the podcast, comment. Leave a review. Uh, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash musicmaniacs to help us keep this going so we can do more episodes and stuff like that. And until then, see you next time. See ya.